This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window. Making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I have my old Yankee friend, Bill (laughs) Kennedy, on today. And uh, I can't call you a Yankee anymore. You've, You've already... Past, uh, past the time already. Uh, how long have you been down here now? Uh, 1987, so it'll be 34 years. 34 years. Now, tell everybody how you got down here because you're from Pittsburgh. I am. Come from, you came from a great family up there. Yeah. And uh, you were a, one of the top football players in the state of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And how did uh, MTSU know all the things that relate to you at the time. <laughs> well, uh, Coach Ed Bunio was a uh, defensive coordinator and linebacker coach for MTSU, and mm-hmm. he would recruit out of Western Pennsylvania. At the time, Western Pennsylvania had a lot of really good football players. And um, I was the only football player at his, whole, his old high school that he ever recruited. Mm-hmm. So I was real, really honored about that. And, um, of course, I flew down for my visit to MTSU. It was the first time I was ever on an airplane. And Ooh. First time, really, I was ever out of the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up in a you know, rather poor family. But um, so I got down to MTSU, and I had no idea what Tennessee was going to be like. Or yeah. Know, the only idea I had about Tennessee was, was what I saw on TV, and that was Hee Haw. <laughs> Oh, give me a break. No, I swear to you, I didn't have any idea about Tennessee, but I got down here, and I was like, man, this is a beautiful state because yeah. everything was so clean. Uh, the highways were clean. You know, it, you know, up in Pennsylvania, after snowstorms, it's just yucky salt and yucky grime, but down here, it was all beautiful and sunshine. And um, the best part of that was uh, I walked into the weight room. Mm-hmm. At MTSU and old Doc Crease. Oh, love Doc Crease. Doc Crease was the strength coach at the time, and there was 75 football players, mm-hmm. and they were—I mean—they were hitting it hard, just hitting it. It was a beautiful weight room, beautiful facility, and I walked in, and he blew the whistle, and he stopped everybody from working out, mm-hmm. and he said to everybody, he "said This is Bill Kennedy, and he wants to come play at MTSU. I want y'all feel, make him feel welcome," and I. All 75 athletes came up and shook my hand and said, oh, we hope you show up here. We hope you come. And I had made some other visits. They up. told you where they were from, too. 
Well, they well they all. That's what they did to me. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. for me, that was they just said, "Oh, we wish you come here." <laughs> and you know, and I had made some other football recruiting visits to other places, and you know, everybody else was standoffish. You know, especially up north, it's it's a whole different atmosphere and different environment. Yeah. And I said, "Man, this is where I'm coming." You Doc, were in heaven. I was. Doc Crease is the reason. I came to, to to Tennessee and to Middle Tennessee State University. So that was that was the story. Have you ever seen a more positive person than he was? No, ever. I mean, he made, and no matter who you are or where you were or who was around you, yeah, he made you feel important. And he wouldn't he wouldn't talk to anybody else until he was done talking to you. Yeah. And he was a a special individual. He is a special individual, and so. He made he made a difference in your life, didn't he? He did. Uh, all my coaches did. Yeah, you, and you did too, Truman. You, I, I put you on that pedestal as well. There's a lot of people who influenced my life, but he was one as well. Well, I, at that day and time, it seemed like uh, everything was just perfect back then. <laughs> That's right. Because everybody was like family. Yeah. You lifted everyone up that came around you. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, it was just one of those things that it's hard to describe uh, that particular era and 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 relate it to what's going on right now. Oh, I, I agree 100. Uh, percent It's a it's uh, you know what's going on in the real today and in the media today. It's it's and especially with social media, it's yeah. just it's just evil. It's just uh, there's just so much going on out there. We're we're, we're all fighting each other. Yeah. Back and you're right. Back then, that just that wasn't the way it was. Or if it was, I didn't see it and I didn't notice it. But right now, it's everybody's mad at each other. So, you know what you had learned back then uh, at the university under Doc, under uh, Boots Donnelly, uh, paved the way for the direction that you went. And I can't remember who called me about you. But that was uh, you were st- still at the university, mm-hmm. and and uh, they wanted me to remember your name because they felt like you would be something special for us. And and we're talking about the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department. And when you came over, uh, you stood out. Of course, you're a big guy, uh, strong as an ox, uh, and. Uh, you came from a very structured, good family up in Pennsylvania, and uh, it, it really opened my eyes when when I had a conversations with you and got to learn all about you and all the things. And I remember when we started uh, the school resource officer thing. Of course, Buddy Royston and uh, worked with us real strong. Um, I felt like. Goodness gracious, we've got to put him in to one of the schools where he can make a difference, uh, especially one that maybe um, things were not going as well as they should in, in these particular schools, especially the the, the high school. I, I guess I shouldn't even mention the name of the high school at the time because I loved that principal. Uh, but anyway... Um, there were things going on in the schools that needed to be changed. So you were the one that I selected to go into this particular school. And just the presence of you, 
I knew that would make a difference, but they had to see what you were made of. And you showed them pretty quick that uh, you weren't going to take any nonsense. And we were very blessed to have you uh, because after Buddy decided he had rather, he, he wanted to go into other areas, um, you were over the school resource officer program. And it just, hit, you hit the ground running because uh, Rutherford County School Resource Officer Program was listed as the top in the nation at the time. And you made it that way. And you had to have a lot of pride. Your your chest stuck out because of the men and and how they made that program work. Oh, yeah, Truman. It, you know, it, it's all about hiring the very best talent. And, yeah. And you allowed us to go out there and find the best talent. And, you know, you, it, it was a, it was an honor to be a school resource officer. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why it was an honor is because you made it that way. It's because you, you lifted us up uh, to the rank of, you know, at the same level as a detective. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the credentials you had to have to get into the program itself, you, you know, you didn't want somebody who, was trying to retire there or just wanted to, you know, a so-called easy job. You really yeah. wanted somebody with a lot of talent that could go in and teach to the kids and and um, really um, uh, change the environment of the mm-hmm. school. And we that's what we did. We changed the environment of the school. And I'm very proud of what we did at the time and yeah. how we did it. It was very complicated going into school and making changes in a place where they were not used to having officers in the school. That is so true because at first, especially with the principal, because the principal is in charge of that of that facility. You know, he's the he's the plant manager there. Yeah. Um, but we went into it with knowing that you know we didn't work directly for the principal. We worked with the principal, mm-hmm. and that was a really hard thing to to coordinate because they wanted to utilize us more like security guards. Yeah. And and you made it very clear to them that, you know, that's not our job, that's not our responsibility, that's not our duties. And once we all figured out our our roles within within that environment, it it flourished. Mm-hmm. You know, it took uh, a couple years to to get that tweak it to to what we wanted in Rutherford County because, you know, we modeled a, our program off, off of Sarasota, Florida, but it wasn't exactly what you wanted. Yeah. And you changed it to where uh, uh, everybody understood their duties and responsibilities, and thus the rest of the nation then followed our direction. Instead of going to Sarasota, the rest of the nation came to Rutherford County to figure out how did you do this, and so that was that's exciting. Yeah, you set up the curriculum for it all, though, Bill, yeah. and uh, you made it so. Um, I, I guess in a way. You made it so that you had a connection with most of the kids in the school, and they uh, they they not only saw you as a, a, a law enforcement officer, but you, they saw you as teachers, coaches, uh, someone who who can um, have a relationship and respond to their particular needs, whether it be in the school, whether it be at their home. All of those things, you knew everything that was going on in that school. 
because they respected you. And and they wanted to come tell you when there was problems. And that yeah. was and I think that's what really what was really lacking prior to school resource officers is they the kids really didn't have a person they can turn to to say, yeah. Hey, who do I go to if I have problems or if I need help or if I need to tell somebody about a problem? Yeah. And bam, as soon as you got that school resource officer in there and you're able to go into the classroom and teach the kids and they understood that we weren't there to to arrest them and take them to jail and you know we, but we were there to protect them and to, to guide them and direct them and put them in the right path and once they understood that bam they ca- they started coming and telling us everything and, and you know I can remember in 1998 um, we the year before we had 65 weapons that we had recovered mm. and then of course in 98 is when I took over the SRO program and we and we we took statistics, you know, so we could figure out where we were going and what we were going to do. And that next year, we only had four weapons. Wow. And that was a big deal. And, you know, the reason why, we, just like you said, we, we got into the classroom and talked to the kids about weapons at school and not bringing weapons to school. And so that was huge. And uh, the arrest rates went way down after that. And so, you know, I'm real proud of, you know, the curriculums that we put together and how we, how we achieved that. Joining uh, all all the uh, resource uh, schools uh, across the nation, um, having them here and going through the learning process, where whichever uh, venue you would go to, that was important, wasn't it? Because um, even though we felt like that we had the best, and we did, were, they said that we had the best. Uh, school resource officers program we it's still a learning cycle for us and everybody else isn't it absolutely because it, you know the society changes rules changes laws changes um the way you deal with situations change um you know active shooter changed you know uh, prior to columbine you know the the way we dealt with things were different um i think we were on the cutting edge of a lot of that but uh every everything's a learning experience. You had to change on the run. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the great things about uh, our program is that we were able to adapt and overcome some of the problems that were happening nationally, uh, locally, and, uh, you know, change on the run. Well, you get kind of complacent sometimes, don't you, when there's not anything really happening mm-hmm. To that extent in the schools and how in the world do you keep them um, alert each day while they're in the school because it's easy to lose your concentration in those type situations. Oh absolutely because and that's one (laughs) you know any police officer will tell you you go from zero to a hundred miles per hour within seconds and you never know when that that crisis is going to come. And if you don't train for crisis, then you know you'll have, you know you can't you can't manage crisis. Mm-hmm. And so we trained and trained and trained and trained. Um, you know, I, at the time before I was a school resource officer, I, I was able to be on the SWAT team at at the sheriff's office, and and I, we were able to go to some really good schools and learn mm-hmm. a lot of good tactics. And we were able to bring that knowledge to the school resource officer program, and we would train in, during the summer to handle any scenario or situation that would have come come up we you know we even went to tucson arizona one time 
there was five of us, the school resource officers, because at the time we didn't know what the next generation was going to come. So we went to a suicide bombing school mm-hmm. just to say, okay, what's next? What's coming next? you got to figure out what's coming next. And um, the Israelis commandos taught that school, and that's what we went down there to learn. It was a great school, and you have to know, you know what's, gonna, what's coming next because you don't know. So it's a, it's a constant change, yeah. isn't it? That's right. Wow. See, that, that, that's what uh, a lot of places, they, just like when the governor came over and wanted to talk to us about um, what's going on and how to, to deal with it, I'm not sure he ever understood <laughs> the, the time that you have to put into those things mm-hmm. to make them proficient. I don't, I, I, a lot of people don't, but uh, of all the law enforcement uh, jobs there are, I think the school resource officer program is the most complicated of all. I, th- I would agree with that because you're dealing with a, <laughs> so many different variety of yet. Yeah, grade school to high school to middle school you got parents you're dealing with principals and teachers it's you know it's it's not where I, like when i was on patrol where i get in a car and i go to respond to a case mm-hmm. you know i deal with the case and i'm done with the case and then i you know i move to the next case it's not yeah. it's not that same it's not that scenario same thing with the detective you know you, you deal with the case by case basis well you know the, the dynamics of the school resource officer is it's it's always flowing it's yeah. always moving, and you don't, you don't know what direction it is. Though, though I, I can remember when we had um, – um, I was coaching football at Oakland. Mm-hmm. I, my day was over, and I was able to go coach football. And then one of the kids come running up to me when I was on the football field and said, hey, there's three Oriental gentlemen up there practicing um, – uh, martial arts in the courtyard. And I was like, mm-hmm. what, what are you talking about? You know, so I grab my stuff and I go up there and I, I confront them. Well, come to find out they were three murderers out of Memphis from a Laotian gang. And they were on campus to see some girl that they were, that they were trying to talk to. Yeah. And we were able to capture them. And so, you know, you never know when something like that's going to happen. And especially on a campus, a school campus. Did they try their martial arts on you? No, they were, uh, you know, and it, it was funny because they were literally, they were wanted for murder out of Memphis. And they, yeah. And they had burned a car up on the way from Memphis to, to Murfreesboro. And we, yeah. And because this young, this young child had the wherewithal to come talk to me mm-hmm. while I was on the football field, we were able to capture these three murders. And that's, a, and that was, uh. A Did you use the football team to do <laughs> No, you could have done it by yourself. I know that. Yeah, but it was. But ironically, that was that's how it worked. Is the kids knew what was wrong. The yeah. Kid, the kids know what's going on in those schools. The kids knew what was wrong, and if you if you don't have that, if you didn't have that um, rapport with them, they wouldn't come tell you. And so, luckily, I had a rapport with these children, and they they would come talk to me, and I, we were able to solve that crime. They 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 had to trust you completely. That's right. Which is uh, that was really one of the main goals that we had over there would be the kids and yeah. the relationship that you would build up yeah. with them. You know, and and even today when I, I I can't go anywhere in Rutherford County or even outside of Rutherford County where someone don't come up and say, "Hey, you're Officer Kennedy." Yeah. I said, "Yeah, I am." And so and the 
uh, I'll be, I was at the gym the other day and this young lady comes up and said, Oh, I, you, you don't remember me. And I said, Oh yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a school teacher in the Rutherford County school system now. And I said, I remember you. Uh, Isn't that special? It is. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I think back of those times and if the, the things had stayed the same and continued on at the pace that we were going at the time, if things hadn't changed uh, politically and all that other stuff, would right. you think you would still be school resource officer? Because I know you loved it. That That's where my heart is and was and always will be, Truman, is I love working with those young people. I loved yeah. it. Best job on earth. You know, I went to college to become a teacher and a coach. Yeah. And, and you suckered me into being a cop. And... Uh, Bless your heart. <laughs> Ruined your whole life. That's <laughs> right. But I love that job, and if I if I could have retired at that doing that job, that's what I would have loved to have done for the rest of my career. It, it was special. It was. It, it really was. The only person I ever remember that we put in the school resource officer program that first of all didn't like it at all. He didn't <laughs> want to be part. He's a kindergarten cop yeah. is what he would say. That's right. With Bubba Howell. Bubba Howell. And he turned out to be one of the best ones we had. He truly was. Uh, and he loved it. He he took a demotion. I, I, I don't want to call it a demotion, but he took a, a pay cut and a rank cut to become a school resource officer. He was a sergeant on patrol and said, yeah. said I, want to, I want to do that. And he flourished. Those yeah. Rockville kids loved that man. And the school loved him, and he did an amazing job. And he was an amazing instructor. Yeah. Uh, he would go in there and teach those kids, and they just absolutely loved him. It seems like you can't get away from kids. <laughs> now now you're taking care of kids in a different way. That's right, yeah. Well, well, tell me what what, what led you to, to have child care, uh, uh, young, very young ones mm-hmm. here in Rutherford County. Well, just like you, as my boss suckered me into becoming a cop, my wife, which is my my boss now, Melissa, mm-hmm. she suckered me into doing childcare. Yeah, um, she was a she was a director over a large um, childcare facility here in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and when I got off work um, in the morning, she'd be going to work in the morning. Because I worked nights in Lebanon, she mm-hmm. would be going to work, and I wouldn't see her. And we said we got to figure this out because we can't do this anymore. And she said, "Oh, I got an idea." <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so she suckered me into uh, um, developing our our uh, preschool programs, mm-hmm. and which was she's brilliant. She just she knows everything there is to know. She got an early childhood. A degree from Motlow, and she's just she knows everything there is to know about child care, and so and there is a lot to know. Oh my gosh, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't know it by just thinking, well, there's a pretty little preschool, huh? <laughs> Department of Human Services and the state of Tennessee have so many rules and regulations, and thank God that they do. Yeah, and because you got these um, these child care facilities or in home child cares that aren't governed by rules and responsibilities from the state and that puts a lot of people in jeopardy puts it's a scary situation yeah but we are we are state licensed and uh melissa and my two daughters run um, our three daycares Mm -hmm. and uh they do an amazing job Brittany uh is at number two and abby is at number three and our three daycares are doing really well 
Now, you are also probably going to open up another one. We are. And you're you're building a home in the, <laughs> I, I call it the Christiana area. It is. It's it, it's it's just, it's not far from Miller's Grocery. It's yeah. Out, it's about three miles from Miller's yeah, Grocery. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, yes. It looked like you're building a castle more than a house. <laughs> well, I tell you, my wife, she just likes to upgrade. You know, yeah. She, she she said, well, you know, I picked this uh, I picked this plan and then I supersized it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, Melissa. So it's it's about we're we're ten months into the build and uh, we're we're hoping to be in there within the next month or so. But it, it's not one of these things that. All right, there's a lot of single moms, Mm -hmm. uh, of course, in in this state. And you think, well, how in the world could anybody afford to have their children put in in a kind of like a a child care home? I I don't know exactly what the the title is. Child care is expensive. Yeah. There's no doubt because there's a lot of of, uh, that goes into child care i mean mm-hmm. it's the facilities the food the you know the uh, everything that goes with child care but um luckily the state of tennessee gives like single mothers and those mm-hmm. who are disadvantaged or don't make en- enough money um vouchers and they pay for the majority of the child care and i i'm pretty sure that comes from the federal government to the state to and from the state to the child care facilities but mm-hmm. there are so many um, people, so many people that need help with uh, child care, yeah. and they they give vouchers, and we we get that money from the state of Tennessee. See, I'd never heard of that before. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you p- apply for that? Say, if 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 you uh, fit into that category. See, there's three different there's three different categories right now with COVID. There's a um, there's a voucher for essential workers, mm-hmm. and most people qualify for that. And right now, the federal government is giving vouchers so essential workers can go to work. Because if, especially with schools that were shut down and don't have in-person learning, somebody has to watch those kids somewhere. Yeah. And so this 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 is where the essential workers get those vouchers. And then there's of course um, there's two different kind of vouchers for those who don't make enough money or single moms or what have you mm-hmm. that you all and all of that is through the department of human services if you were to go down to dhs you, all you'd have to do is apply and they would look at your income and they would see if you're essential worker and then you'd be able to get on the voucher program now i presume that uh, there are people that uh, stay in touch with you quite often that want to make sure that everything is done according to the way they have it set up to be oh yeah dhs they they come in and they monitor us monthly yeah we get a monthly visit from dhs the fire marshal comes out uh twice a year to check and make sure that all of our exits and regresses and egresses and fire extinguishers are up to date and then um, we also get the health department that comes out and make sure that uh all the um, food is at the right temperature. That our facility is clean, and we're uh, the area in which we prep food is mm-hmm. also clean. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of people to come out and make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. So, is there a certain age group that you fit in? Uh, kind of like the uh, I, I'm sure. Are most of yours preschoolers? It's all preschool. We do just preschoolers. Uh, uh, 
let me take that back. There, you can have um, a, our facility is called a group home facility or a family group home facility, mm -hmm. and we can have up to three um, children between the ages of five and twelve if they're out of school for like say a vac like vacation like a um, uh, summer vacation or. Mm -hmm. Um, holidays or what have you, like their parents, that uh, we were able to take three children per preschool mm -hmm. um, of school-age children. But, yeah. but everybody else that comes to our preschool is between one and five years old. Ooh. <laughs> That's a tough age group. Um, do you have to do the – it's a – one one did you say? Is that the beginning? One years old. So you're not in the diaper state. Well, I guess you would be yeah. kind of. Oh yeah, most most of our kids they don't get completely potty trained until the two and a half three years old, and so we you know, luckily Melissa deals with all that. So <laughs> yeah. So it's most your your family takes care of most of this, right? Yes, my two daughters take care of the other two facilities. Now, do you hire? Other people we that uh, it would I presume it would be a strong background check. Oh yes, oh yeah. You got to go through all everything, all the background check that you've got to go through as a police officer. You got to go as a, as a child care worker as well. You got to do all the fingerprintings and TBI and FBI. Do your background checks as well. Um, but we do ha we hire um, um, one other person at both the other. Uh, facilities so mm -hmm. we, we total employees we've got two four six 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 employees right now we had up to nine at one time um, part, when we were doing part-time workers but right now we got nine uh, full-time workers oh bless your heart you, you got a you got a major business going on there and, and all the all the aspects of it that's a pretty tough business it is, um, but we were so blessed that Melissa, she knows all the ins and outs. And I'm so, glad there's one smart one that's there. That's right. That's right. I just do the heavy lifting. <laughs> I, I, you know, I say yeah. yes, I say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and and she just points me in the right direction, yeah. and I say, okay, that's uh, I, I got to go do that. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break. Okay. And we'll get back with Bill Kennedy from NAC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro. Our residents say the chefs at Adams Place run the area's best restaurant. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. 10 is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a 10, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell's self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon right here on news radio wgns 
This is Ron Hall with Fair Construction. Why move into a new house and, and leave a home that you already have memories with and, and sentimental value, and we can come in, and, and whether you want to totally remodel your house or if you just want to update your kitchen and bathroom, we can help with any of those things. So when we decided to redo the playroom, it was obvious. We called Faro Construction. If you can dream it, we can turn it into reality. Fair Construction Company. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St. Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas Hospitals are open 24-7. Get the care you need at GetSTHealthCare.com. This is Dick Palmer, voice of Blue Raider Baseball. We're excited to be on News Radio WGNS. Follow each pitch of the season on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, the flagship station for the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. Deep right field. Nobody's going to get that one. That one is out of the ballpark. And the Raiders continue to pile on the runs. Your exclusive home for Blue Raider Baseball, News Radio WGNS. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. A 24-year-old woman surrendered to police Wednesday after being indicted on a first-degree murder charge in her daughter's drug-related death last summer. Three-year-old Paris Clark Wilcox was found unresponsive in July 2020 at her mother's residence in Antioch. Christina Clark Wilcox took Paris to a hospital in Smyrna, where she later died of acute fentanyl intoxication. Officers reportedly found a small bag containing a white rock that tested positive for cocaine in the mother's bed. Cash rewards being offered to recruit and retain correctional officers across the state. A $5,000 sign-on bonus paid over 18 months awaits newly hired correctional officers. The Department of Corrections said that the department will also offer a $4,000 retention bonus to current officers and an additional $1,000 for employees who help recruit correctional officers. The Tennessee State Senate passed a bill Wednesday that requires mothers to bury or cremate an aborted child. The bill passed the Senate 27 to 6 after passing in the House on Monday. That bill will now be sent to the governor's office for his consideration. If the bill is signed into law, mothers must pay for a burial or cremation of their child at their own expense. A Middle Tennessee church is applying the parable of Jesus feeding 5,000 people to using thousands of dollars to pay off millions in medical debt. Working with RIP Medical Debt, Clarksville's Madison Street UMC raised $24,000. The money was used to clear over $2 million in medical bills in Tennessee and Mississippi. Church leaders say they don't want people to have to decide between feeding their families and paying bills during what they call the biggest medical crisis of our lifetime. News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. This is Scott.
It's now time to make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center where they exclusively specialize in us men and they follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. And they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. Low T Center has really reinvented the doctor's visit and they make it quick and easy for us men to get in and get all of our levels checked out, not just our testosterone. It starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all your numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have noticed weight gain or loss of muscle mass, they could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. $135 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance. So book your annual wellness exam today. Go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Listen live. WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high in the low 60s. Northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, increasing cloud cover low near 39. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 32. Premier 6 Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450. And streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with uh, Bill Kennedy. One of the things that you had uh, dealing with kids and and all of that uh, type of situations was you love wrestling. Oh, yeah. And and you, um, you had so many of the young people and the parents wanted to find something for their kids to be able to enjoy, and it just all came together at one time, didn't it? It did. You know, one of the great things about the school resource officer program is that you let us venture out and find things that would attract young people to not only law enforcement, but also to get them off the streets between the hours of 3 and 5 and 3 and 7. You know, that's the time where the kids get in most trouble when the parents are still at work and the kids are at home and had nothing to do. And and so – you know, at one time, we had 52 different programs within the school resource officer program after school activities. And mm-hmm. the one that I just went to, of course, because I had, I was a pretty good little uh, high school wrestler, um, was... Not a little re- high school well, wrestler. Well, yeah, I was a big yeah. wrestler. <laughs> Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. But I did pretty good, and so I, I started a wrestling program. Uh, started at Rockville in 1998 mm-hmm. uh, at first, and then moved to uh, Blackman elementary school under miss ford who it's just an amazing principal love miss ford and then um old butch vaughn was over at the middle school at blackman i and, and we were able to build a building over there and mm-hmm. uh we had over 200 kids involved in that wrestling program at one time wow yeah and we did so good we were we had a lot of fun with that and just you know keeping all those 
middle school kids, elementary school kids, and then during the summer we had those high school kids keeping them on track, keeping mm-hmm. them with, you know, setting goals, setting directions, finding things for them to do. And uh, that program had a, had a lot of success. You had a lot of champions on, on those did. teams. We did. We had a lot of state champions. In fact, uh, Nick Boykin is still wrestling. Uh, he's wrestling at Ohio State, and he just he, he made it to the semifinals for the Olympics. Uh, he he didn't he didn't make it to the uh, Olympic finals, but he got to the semifinals in the Greco-Roman Olympics, and so uh, I'm real proud of old Nick Boykin boy. Now, where did you learn about uh, wrestling? Because I, I know you were a, a football player in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was a I was a state champion in Pennsylvania. I was a wrestler in Pennsylvania. And, wow. And uh, um, oh, my old coach, old Bill Yost, he he wrestled at Clarion University, and he taught me and so many of us uh, all about it and when we came when, when we brought wrestling to tennessee it, it really wasn't a, a big sport here the, yeah the state championship at the time only had 150 kids show up in 1998 and my youngest or my youngest grandson is starting wrestling and I, we took him we took him to the state championship this year and it is flourished we got it to i think they had four thousand kids at the state championship wow. this year. yeah so it really grew you know when we when we started taking uh we started helping wrestling in Tennessee from 1998 till till today that's an intense sport isn't it it is it's it's the hardest 6 minutes you'll ever have it's it's you know mono mono me versus you muscle versus muscle you know it's not me hitting a ball and running or or shooting a ball or kicking a ball or it's 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 me and you going at it 100% for 6 minutes I I have watched you coach and uh, <laughs> oh you you think I'm going to go somewhere else? <laughs> Poor Sean. <laughs> Poor Sean. I'm, he may be listening. Yeah, I hope he is. He was a great wrestler. He really was. He was. He was an amazing wrestler. He was a national champion. He was a. I can remember his first year of wrestling. Uh, much like Walker's is he. He only won one match his first year, and I was like, "Oh man, he must be taken after his mother." I can't believe he only won yeah, one match. Yeah. And then from there on, every year after that, he was a state champion and went on to become national champion at uh, um, NHSCA National High School Coaches Association yeah. national champion, All America, had a full scholarship to Newberry uh, College in uh, South Carolina. It's just an amazing athlete. Do most universities offer scholarship for wrestling? Well, they they do, but it's it's the problem with wrestling is it, like with football they give out eighty five scholarships, and with wrestling they give out twelve, and hmm. so and so you you know when you got four thousand kids just in Tennessee, and that's not counting Pennsylvania, Iowa, New Jersey, mm-hmm. you got all these thousands of kids looking for that scholarship, and you only have twelve scholarships at a university. Well, it's you know, slim pickings, and you don't have that many universities that offer. Um, full scholarships yeah most of the time it's partial scholarships but sean and michael both my oldest son they both had full scholarships to wrestle and so uh real proud of that both of them brought a lot of championships home with them oh didn't they? yes yeah like i said we I, I, I'm, I'm i'm not counting the other day i was counting and i think we got uh, a total of 20 state champions and we had I can't tell you how many state place winners we had. Uh, it's just numerous. Just you know, your top eight 
it placed at state. So we mm-hmm. had so many kids that placed at state as well, which is a huge achievement. You know, yeah. state champion is an amazing achievement, but uh, being a state qualifier and then going on and placing at state, that's a big deal too. Uh, is it a big advantage to have those type of skills in wrestling and have that carry on beyond uh, high school? Oh, yeah. See, we, and to get in wrestling, what we call wrestling shape, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to dedicate so many hours and so much time to get in the physical condition you need to wrestle. Uh, when I played football, you know, we would it would be hard for a few seconds, then you got to take a break. Then it'd be hard for a few seconds, and you got to take a break. And football's not easy, but wrestling is the endurance that you have to have for like a wrestling tournament where you're wrestling four or five times a day. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of endurance. Uh, and so, it, you know, the skills that you have to, it, it, you know, the, the amount of time that you have to put into getting your body and, and the knowledge that you get and the, and the dedication you have to have for wrestling uh, really pays off. I know I would not have gotten my full uh, football scholarship at MTSU if it had not been for wrestling. Oh, I really? I guarantee it. Wrestling made me a better athlete, made me a better student, uh, you know, put me in a better direction. Well, you know, I, I think about the Olympics and, and, and those type of uh, the, the stature of, of all of that. It takes in everything, and almost every country – has something that they're superior in. And, you, you know, you have the swimming, and the uh, United States has been very strong in swimming and track and field and, and those type things. But in wrestling, you have these countries like Russia. Russia. And, I, and, and Russia, I mean, they were ruling the roost there for a while, and I can't think of the name of the kid that went up there in, in the Olympics and beat the Russians, that was the biggest event of the whole Olympics. That was Rulon Gardner. Oh. That was his name. What, what school was he from? University. Um, uh, Nebraska. I, I want to say Nebraska. No, 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 no. Wyoming. He was from Wyoming. Yeah. He was just a big old country boy. Yeah. And he did. He beat the guy that's never been beaten in a decade. And that was Rulon Gardner. And he became a two-time Olympic champion. Wow. Uh, yeah. Are you going to have any kids up that will be up there? Well, like I said, uh, Nick, Nick Boykin, right now he he took he gave he made it to the semifinals uh, for the Olympic trials, mm-hmm. and so and he's a young guy, he's 22, I think, and so he he has a lot of wrestling ahead of him. Yeah. So he might be able to break through and, and become a wrestling uh, an Olympic champion. It'd be great to see that. Well, now that you're through with law enforcement and uh, you're into the childcare business. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense with me. Yeah. But you have such a great rapport with kids. I mean, uh, you and Sean, I mean, y'all were just really headed off when you were trying to get him to be the champion that he turned out to be. I mean, bless his heart. Uh, uh, well, my, my youngest my, my youngest grandson is the exact same way. Oh, you're kidding me. And it's killing me because it, he'll get out there and he'll be winning – by six or seven points and almost pinning the kid in the first period. And then the second period, he'll start crying like a baby. And I'm like, oh, no. And so we just got to get him past that. Just like Sean, we got to get Walker past that. Was your dad really intense with you? No. In in 
my dad was so laid back. My gosh, my dad, he would go out and he'd play catch with me. And, yeah. And, and, of course, he was a little older when he had me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and my dad would just, you know, just let me, you know, let me be as independent as I possibly could. Yeah. And he just, uh, he was an amazing man. I miss I miss my old pops. <laughs> we tried to get him to move down here, didn't we? He sure did. And, you know, there at the end when, you know, when he just about to pass, he said, Bill, biggest mistake of my life was not coming to Tennessee to, to live with y'all and watch those boys get raised. And so and that broke my heart. That's a grandparent for you. Yep. And, and it's hard because, like, my sister, I'm trying to get my sister to move down, and she won't move down here and because she's she's – born bred Pittsburghese and and I guess I was just fortunate enough to get out of Pittsburgh at the time I did because I guess I'd be stuck up there as well it's hard for you to explain to them the difference in living up there in that area and then coming here this is why everybody is moving to Murfreesboro and Rutherford County Uh, everybody wants to go and get a piece of the pie that is so true I love Middle Tennessee I love Murfreesboro I am so fortunate. God, it was a godsend. God brought me here, and I am so lucky to be here. It was such a blessing. And you're, you're right. right. Everybody, and my all my neighbors around me. I got a, a gentleman, gentleman from California that moved in across the street from me. I got two, uh, a guy from New Jersey that moved in behind me, and I got a guy from New York that moved in two doors down. So everybody's moving to Tennessee. Yeah, everybody wants to ride a tractor, drive a tractor, and. <laughs> You have you gotten you a big vehicle over there yet? No, not yet. I I, I got me a zero turn. Um, that was that's fun, but um, my next big purchase is going to be a barn, and in that barn I'm going to keep a uh, 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 fainting goats. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that's the big question. Why? Because I've always wanted to have little fainting goats <laughs> for the grandkids. Now, the kid, grandkids do love those type of animals. Yes, see, that's why I want to And if get you them. get goats out there, you're going to have to get a big Pyrenees to make sure that's, he kills all that, the, exactly. the coyotes that, that come around. It, that, it, it's amazing. And that's exactly what Melissa wants. She wants a big Pyrenees. So. Now, give me the name of your company again because I can never forget it. It's Creative Kids. Creative Pre- Kids. Creative Kids Preschool. Uh-huh. And... Are you going to continue to grow or? Nope, that's it. <laughs> oh, you know, unless I get uh, another child that wants to do another daycare. Uh, this what what happens it. to a child that's with you in in that age group, and then as they get a year older or whatever, what happens to them? How do they the moms, or uh, how, how do they get them in another? area or how do you work with that well they transition into kindergarten so you know what we do is prepare them for kindergarten that's our goal is Mm -hmm. when they when they leave us they're kindergarten prepared and so being a preschooler makes all the difference yes i think it does i I, we get i I, there's a young couple that brought you know who had their their kids with us for four years and by the time they left us after four years they were reading before they went mm-hmm. to they, before they went to kindergarten, and for those parents who think, well, you know what, I'm not going to put them in until they're four years old, into preschool until they're four years old. Well, most of those kids who come to us, they sh- we we can't prepare them as as well as we could if we had them a longer time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we try to we try to get them as young as possible so that we can get them, you know, kindergarten ready. 
and that's our goal. So you're actually educating them along oh, the yes. way. Oh, yes. Melissa. Plus they, they, they learn how to get along with other kids. And social skills, playing, you know, uh, learning through play. Um, but Melissa has a curriculum that she teaches every day. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, uh, like I said, our goal is by the time they go to kindergarten, they're able to, to do all the things that a kindergarten teacher would want them to do. And like I said, most, the kids that we have for three or four years usually leave us being able to read. And that and that's a, that's an exciting thing we we we're proud of. So then the the moms when they get them home after work or whatever they can continue that enjoyable process of reading with their kids oh, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and you know it's a team effort. Um, you know even potty training. You know because if the parent doesn't potty train at home, they're not going to get potty trained with us. And so it's a team effort between the parents and us. And the same thing with their education. You know, it's a team effort. Melissa sends home all their work that they did for the day, mm -hmm. letting the parents know exactly what we taught them, hoping that it would also continue on at the, at the house. Yeah. So uh, if a parent uh, is listening and wants to get in touch with you, just kind of get a education process. How do they get in touch with you, Bill? You, you can call Melissa in, at uh, 615-5... 686-5717, 615-686-5717. And we have, we, uh, as soon as we get this fourth uh, uh, family home daycare open, with, it should be within a month or two, um, we'll, we'll have more openings. Right now we're full at all three of our facilities, but uh, you, there's certainly a waiting list. And, um, you know, our oldest daughter, Brooks, they own four big daycares, four large daycares. And uh, uh, we chose to go the different direction. Instead mm -hmm. of doing a big, giant daycare, we do in-home daycares. Uh, we want that that home away from home feeling. We're, a little bit more manageable. It, isn't it, it is man more manageable. Plus, um, we think that 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 one, the two to twelve ratio, two teachers to twelve kid ratio is is what we want. You know, more time to uh, more one-on-one -on -one time with the kids. Mm -hmm. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed it today, as usual. <laughs> I love coming here, Truman. I, uh, the conversations we're able to have and the memories that we have. There's, there's nothing like going back in time in, in, in the enjoyable parts of our lives and, and just um, um, we don't – people think we're, we're really exaggerating when we talk about those times, but we're really not. No. I mean um, – if, if if they were to make a movie of the times that we've had over the years uh, dealing in a community like Rutherford County, they'd think it, that, that it was all made up. Yeah, you know, we always compared ourselves like uh, the Andes of Mayberry uh, to, you know, the, the officers in those schools. But it's the truth. I mean, yeah. it's, oh, my gosh, it was it was so much fun. It was, uh, it was you know, being able to help so many people. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and that's and that's the difference between it, it's it's great being a patrolman and detective and narcotics officer and and you you are making a difference in the yeah. community. There's no there's no doubt they make a difference, but yeah, but they don't feel the difference. They can't. There's no tangible feedback. Whereas a school resource officer, they love you every day, <laughs> and so that's why you know just I I really think that's a, the biggest reason why like Bubba went from the sergeant of patrol. To yeah. school resource officers, because you get instant feedback from all those wonderful people—the parents, yeah. the parents, the teachers, uh, the principals, the kids. 
the community. That was, uh, and that's why I keep telling you, I would have loved to have retired as a school resource officer. Yeah. I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we better go. What do you think? Is it time? Is it already that time? Yeah, it's oh, that man. time. But wow. I, I'm, uh, I, I get so uh, caught up in it, I don't really want to go. But uh, I guess we're going to. Freddie Goodwin said he enjoyed the show. Uh, you, uh, you remember uh, uh, Sheriff Robert Goodwin? I do. Yes, That's do. his uh, oldest son. I remember. Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah. Thank you, Fred. May see you at lunch today if you come over. We'll see you. If you want to get some barbecue, I'll tell you how to do it. Head for the Slick Pig and you're into it. Just walk through the door at 1920 East Main and your nose will send a message right to your brain. Say, mmm, smells good. And barbecue. Slick Pig.